Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Dad and mum can anticipate and say, oh, what can we do for you guys? Can we help you in any way? Or the other way around, I can go to them and say, hey, this Friday, we have a house party. Is there any way we can get a lift? You know, so it's not out of the blue. It's not like, oh, where's this coming from? It's, it's in the calendar. And I think it's, it's best to ask questions rather than to just assume that they're going to take us yes, uh, to the house party. So yeah. I think communication is, is definitely key. That's great. So good. Yeah. However, <laughs> however <laughs> I found that family life requires more flexibility than any other area I've ever been in. Uh, so uh, I remember one time when I was, there was a season where we were traveling to London a lot because we started a church from here and we were flying over, I was flying over every second Sunday. I was leaving church here one Sunday morning and Ben turns to me, he was about eight years old I guess, and he says, um, Dad, you're not going again, are you? Um, now, it taught me two things. Firstly, he wasn't aware I was off again. So that's where the communication came in. Uh, we learned to then go, okay, we really need to make sure they know ahead and they understand why, so they appreciate being at a release. But the second thing, if, if you're a parent here, they're the very words you never want to hear, that your kids feel like you're not giving them attention. So we immediately adjusted our schedule, like immediately. So instead of going every two weeks, I reduced it to every three weeks, and then we started to find a way of handing the church over so we wouldn't have to travel at all. Uh, so one comment we ended up readjusting our life to, and uh, I think that's got to be the nature of healthy families is learning to adjust and readjust and rework your schedule. And It should never be fixed at, at any long period. Uh, you should, be, uh, uh, should have the ability to shift anything to make it work. The one thing we're constantly juggling is our, our devices. Um, so with four adults in the home, we've got their laptops around and, and phones around all the time. And I feel like we're constantly reinventing ways to make sure they don't steal from the attention of the home. So remaining flexible, adjusting, yeah. readjusting. My gosh, we feel stretched. But it works, huh? The traveling also made me remember of when we have babysitters a lot. So mum and dad maybe had events or they had a meeting with church and they were probably out once or twice a week. And then we've got a lot of babysitters mostly from church, which was great. But, you know, at a young age, maybe five or six, we were, you know, you're kind of vulnerable without your parents. So it was kind of like, it was a bit of a shame. But growing up, maybe, you know, eight or nine years old, getting a bit older when we had babysitters, um, we got to appreciate more of the people that were babysitting us because they were mainly, mainly church people. So we got a feeling like, while well, we could connect with the people. We're really integrating with the church family, which just helped us, you know, grow from where we're in and just to grow and adapt our new environment, yes, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. You know, we moved here, what, 15 years ago? And when we moved, we had no family. And it, it made us realize even more how much church is family. Because we didn't have anyone else. We, had, we left a church that knew and loved our kids and, and babysat our kids to here, but nobody knew us. And so there were times that I just didn't go out because I didn't know anyone. I, could, I didn't have anyone to leave my kids with. And so... Was I not enough? Oh... 
you went out and I stayed at home. Oh, yeah, we love okay. you. Okay. Anyway, the classic husband mistake. Am I not enough for you? You're enough. What more? Makes you think of the sock. No. So, so we rely on this church, and we have always felt. I think partly because we've moved from our homeland, we've always felt very deeply that we're a nuclear unit. But you are our family too. You're an extension of our family, and that takes a heart shift to do that. Particularly if you've been hurt by a church family before. But I would say to, to you, you know, if you've got kids, if you don't have kids, uh, this is one of the ways we bond as a family, is babysitting. I know we don't like that word, babysitting, but it is. So, you know, Johanna Rose out in Almira bonded with our kids by looking after them. The, um, the, um, all the, I'm sure, who looked after my, our kids here? But a Trinko, Jonathan. And Giovanni and, you know, they've just, and very building bonds with our kids um, and getting to know each other. That's one of the ways that we do it. So I'd really encourage us as a church to to help support parents with kids because actually it's the way of growing relationships that you will never lose. I think it's really special. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So juggling family life. Um, If you've got a family, you'll understand that can be complicated. But... Communication helps, uh, remaining flexible helps, planning ahead helps, and uh, de-stressing your life by not compartmentalizing. That that is to say, it's not like you've got your work life, your church life, your family life. As soon as you box it up, you're going to find yourself stressed the moment one touches the other. Uh, We've always tried to make sure that the, the whole thing is merged. Now, that's easier for us than some of you because our work is church. That reduces one box. Um, but uh, why not bring colleagues home, have meals, introduce them to your kids? Why not take kids out to work parties when it's a family work party? Why not integrate your life so that it doesn't feel like you're having to run from one box to the next, but you're trying to integrate your world, which just helps you up here a little bit, be a little more fluid. For some of you, that's probably natural. For people who are a little more ordered in their thinking, for someone like myself, maybe Ben, who we're a little bit more ordered in our thinking. Not saying about us, Jake. Not saying anything about you two. You're more creative, beautifully creative and uh, spontaneous. But if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a tendency to box, then I encourage you just to let down the walls a little bit. Flex your life a little bit. Invo- include other people in your world, as, as Lisby said, as much as you possibly can. Never do it alone. Whether you, whether you live alone or live with a family, we all need other people in our world. One of the greatest mistakes of a family is thinking you've now got the unit that you need, but you don't. Uh, it's, it's too insular. You need other people in your world. Okay, let's move on to talk about values in family life. Lisby's favorite expression is uh, you've got to find your true north. That is, uh, uh, on a, com- a compass points to uh, north, which guides where you're going. Uh, we need values in order to give us guidelines to get where we want to go. So life isn't meant to be just uh, 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 letting life shape you. You're meant to shape life. In order to do that, you need values. So we thought we'd just talk a little bit about uh, our values. Yeah. You kicking off? Yeah, I think the one, the one I know this, so much that comes out of this one thing, but truly one of our values is the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And we now have, we've moved house to have three. We have one outside, we have one in the kitchen, we have one in the like, dining room lounge. 
the little, little table in the kitchen just to sit at because we really value hanging out together. And, and because around the table so much happens, it's a sacred place. We don't have distractions. We don't allow phones at the table. It's us. It's like, this is us. This is who we are. And right from the days where they were in their um, high chairs throwing food more than eating it like it was on the floor, it was a moment of discipling. It was a moment of etiquette. I mean, I'm very British, teaching manners around the table because that's how I was brought up. Um, so it's a place of manners. It was a place of stories being told. It was a place of really ridiculous humor and laughter. It's a place where we're not intense. Um, it's a place where um, uh, we, we, we have a place of hospitality to extend our table out as much as we can with other people. And having transitioned countries, it was a place for us to discuss that and be real. Um, so I think for us it's very, it's very sacred. And there's so much that goes on of connection between us. Particularly when in this day and age there's so many microwave meals and off you go and in and out. We'll even do it on a Saturday morning at about 10. We'll have a brunch together just to connect, just to be together. It's really, it's really, it's really key. And an example of actually how we incorporated this humor and liveliness. Uh, I remember this one time where <clears throat> mum and dad were in the kitchen and um, I heard them fighting, arguing. And Ben and I were like, I'll stand up for this one. They were like, well, we were like, what's going on? So we, we walk into the kitchen, and they're carrying these big pans of spaghetti, big pans of mints. And they're, they're bickling, I don't know what they're talking about. And suddenly they pretend to trip, and there's aluminium foil all over the table, and they drop the spaghetti and the mints. And we were like, what's going on? There's no knives, no forks, no plates. And they said, dig in, we're eating with our face and hands. So it's... We have no video, unfortunately, for that. <laughs> No, we don't. But it's those moments, those funny moments that you look back on and you say, wow, that was, that was actually really fun. Let's do it again. And it's something I won't forget for the next yeah. 70 years, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So just those small moments that lead to, yeah. to big memories. Yeah. I love also how we can balance of actually eating spaghetti with knife and fork. When people are around, obviously, you know, if we have dinner parties, we won't throw spaghetti in your face or anything. So we also learn to have manners and respect as well, as you were saying earlier. So when we have dinner parties around with the neighbors or maybe with some of you guys, when we have dinner parties around, that we know how to have manners, respect, and just communicate well with each other and just have, have fun, that we can just treat them well and uh, that we can treat them how you want to be treated. Because it says in the Bible, love your neighbor, treat your neighbor as how you want to be treated. And I think that's just an important factor that we've, we've learned and that a, a very important value that you guys can also see from us, hopefully. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Learning to say so please great. and thank yeah. you. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> to add on to that, another value that we've, um, that, we've, um, that we've seen throughout the years and throughout the different ages we've been at is uh, boundaries. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so because we, mom and dad have set up boundaries for us, throughout the years, we've learned to see good from bad and, and um, right from wrong. And now, even as a teenager, I see I have considerable freedom, but because I've been, we've been, we've, these boundaries have been set up throughout the years, I know that certain actions will have certain consequences and that I can do certain things um, and then I can do other things, you know, but 
some things are good, some things are bad, and I've, that's what shapes me, these, these boundaries. Um, and also, simple things like movies throughout the years, um, mum and dad have set boundaries on that because they know what kind of effect some movies can have on our soul and mind and heart. And so they've been very good with that. Also with the amount of times we're on our technology, on our phones, and there's, there's a point where you have to say, okay, that's enough, it's getting a bit too addicting. And with hindsight, I can say, parents know best. And that was recorded. They're going right? to love me for saying that. It's recorded. <laughs> You're welcome for that. There we will go. be playing this podcast all <laughs> week. It's true, though. They have the most experience. They are older than us. And at the time, I might have thought differently as, as a 12-year-old. But with hindsight, I, can, I, can, I, can, I honestly believe that you can learn so much from your parents. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. And what I want to say, uh, lastly... Um, about, about these boundaries. Something, you can keep talking. Something really cool. <laughs> something really cool was uh, mum and dad would ask me, hey, who are you hanging out with uh, at school? Who are you talking to? And when they first asked that, it was, it was really strange. But I soon got to understand that they, they wanted the best for me. And by, by asking those questions, I became so self-conscious with who am I surrounding myself with? Who am I hanging out with? What friends am I letting into my world? Wow. Um, so they were really great questions to ask. And I saw them as the FBI. They were interrogating me. Yeah. But in this case, FBI stands for... Family. Being family being involved. involved yeah. FBI. <laughs> so thank you for being FBI. <laughs> Love that. FBI. Wow. Um, I... I, I uh, with that, you know what? They had to earn our trust. So we weren't, we, weren't, we weren't parents who just said, right, well, everyone else is doing it. Like, you, you're at school, everyone's got a phone, everyone's got a Wii, everyone's got this. And it was hard for them. You know, they had to earn the right and, and earn the trust by how they were responding to things before we gave them. And that was hard because sometimes we held back on things that they wanted. But what we'd also do, I remember in boundary making, was that I'd sit with them you know, in a moment where we weren't, we weren't in any disciplining mode and say, if you, if you do that and you cross your boundary, what, 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 sh what, what should happen next? And they would actually choose their own consequences, which didn't always work, but the idea was good and it did work sometimes. But that meant when they crossed their boundary and there had to be a discipline, they knew what was coming because they chose it beforehand. <laughs> and that's actually really helpful because it's helped them have a bit of an ownership a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we've also, one, one thing, this last thing is, one, one more thing, just thing, is we've tried to protect them. Like, in this day and age where so much going on and around, and, and for us, there's been building church and financial struggles at times, we've really tried hard to protect them so they're not hearing those conversations. Now we talk a little bit about it so that they're, they're aware and they know because they're older, but it is a really important value that we've got. We've had to protect our kids so that they're not in the line of fire yeah. and, 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 they, and they don't carry that and that has been difficult for us at times but it's been worth it so very much so yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we're touching on got a lot of parenting things here so uh, let me just remind us so we've got a parenting seminar on Saturday the 30th of March um, Saturday morning 30th of March for both our campuses uh, here in this building so sign up for that parenting with confidence 
uh, it will cover parenting of any age child right up to late teens. So just a little uh, uh, advert there. Talking about values in family life, uh, it would be wrong to not say that one of our core values is putting Jesus first. Um, it sounds a little obvious, but it's something that takes a lifetime to work out. Uh, and it takes uh, a deliberate effort to try and work in to your family uh, thinking and lifestyle. But keeping Jesus central to all that we are has been, has been the lifesaver and the builder for our family, for sure. Yeah, one way we've done that is there was a season where we would get up on a Saturday morning. Uh, it was us three, actually. I don't know where mum was that time. No, you determined it was a boys thing. Oh, it was a, it was a boys-only club. No, I wasn't in bed. Okay. And um, we, would, we would get up, we would have a, a dedicated devotional time and prayer time where we, we would reflect on uh, the Bible verses we read that morning and encourage one another in it. And, and then after that, we would pray collectively. Uh, and this is this is this is only helped lasts about us. ten minutes. It, it was only ten minutes, but it was the best ten minutes of my life. <laughs> um, but it, it helped. It that that bonding moment and that praying collectively helped us when we were confronted with um, certain situations within the family. I remember when our cousin Sam he had a motorbike accident, and when we heard the news. The first thing we did was pray together. And it, it could have been really easy for us to go, no, I don't, I don't feel like it. I'm going to go to my room. But the first thing we did was actually pray. It's good. Sam died just a year ago. Um, but it, what it's taught us is that Jesus has to be the one we go to first before anything else. And you can't wait for a crisis to determine whether you do that. If you haven't built the habit, you probably won't. And so trying to build that habit from early days has been really, really important for us. It's helped me also with motivating us as a family together. Um, just with God's word, that, we can, that when we're reading the Bible, we can really find our identity in him. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it also says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That we together can find our strength on Saturday mornings, just being together and praying together and just coming towards him. I think that really is a value that we can praise God in that way. Yeah. And that's yeah. just a very important spiritual thing we did. But we also did a very fun thing on, um, in the season of our life when we were a bit younger. We, uh, we did this chant that, didn't we? What did we do? <laughs> Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted, we wanted the kids to know that church was just the greatest, funnest place to be. So every Sunday morning when they were younger, I would go, uh, boys, what day is it today? Sunday. <laughs> they would shout out, it's Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> and I go, what do we do on Sundays? We church. Church. <laughs> and then we'd all go, yeah. Was you it. may laugh. It was. <laughs> this, it's really cheesy. It was really cheesy. Really cheesy. But it worked because now they still go, hey, we get to go to church. This is amazing. In a climate where people are going, church, is that relevant? Has that got anything to offer? Uh, so we made sure right from a real early age, they knew church was the greatest place on earth. They wouldn't want to be anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. So putting Jesus central has been, uh, has been really, really important and shouldn't be undervalued. 
as an important value. So we're talking about values in family life. Let's just uh, quickly summarize before we move on to the final thoughts. Uh, the point is this, you need to proactively set values. So, and those things will, some of those things will be personal to your family unit. Some of them need to be completely non-negotiable. So that last one I just mentioned is a non-negotiable in our house. Jesus is first and will always be first, non-negotiable. Nothing will get in the way. Church is first, non-negotiable. There is nowhere else we go on a Sunday as a family. We don't even discuss it. In fact, in all the 19 years of having children, they've never even questioned it because it's a fundamental yeah. value. Now, that's not to say your kids won't, and, and you, may have, you may have inculcated the same culture. Uh, your kids may go, why do we have to go to church? I get that. There are challenges. But it's still important to have values yeah. because they will be the things they will default to at yeah. some point in their life. So as a foundation. Okay, we're going to look at how you feed or fuel Lots family life. Now, of course, that can, be, that can be a huge number of different things that you can sow into family life that will reap a benefit. So we've only just selected a, a, a small number of things just to talk yeah. about, but there'll be a heap of them. Yeah, we did. And, and I, um, funny, I was thinking how do we fuel our family, how do we feed it, apart from the side that I'm always shopping for food because they eat so much. Um, but, but um, you know... Amen. <laughs> you've got some in your pocket now, haven't you? Um, we, we're all, we've all got gifts, right? God's given us all gifts, some that were really obvious and some we're not, not really aware of. We grow, we grow them in time, but we've got gifts. And what I've realized in our family from this, from like this season is that the gifts that we're given by God are not just to serve outside, like in church or at work or just for you personally. Right. The gifts you've got shape the personality of your family. Yeah. And so the hospitality gift I've got, before you ever receive it, before it's ever put into this church, my family have it. We set atmosphere around our dinner table. We, we work, I work at making the house a beautiful place for us. Mm. That's really important to me, so that they're on the end of my gift. Before you ever see Steve's amazing, beautiful gift of faith, before it ever stretches out into this church, I get it. I have it as a wife, and we have it as a family. And that has built us and taken us through really tough stuff because of his gift of faith that's able to say, I know it looks like this now, I know it looks terrible, I know it looks like we're not winning, but we're going to win. God's going to break through, we just have to keep going. That has shaped the personality of our family. The boys with their musical gifts that have come out over time, they shape our family. We get to enjoy it. We do little musical stuff at home. We dance and sing in the kitchen. We just, because that's how they're wired, and we get that before you see it. So if you've got a gift, like if maybe you're a photographer in the family, or a kid, or you're a photographer, or whatever you are, use that within your family. Take pictures of right. your family. Yeah. Whatever it is, channel it into you, because yeah. that's what makes... That. Yeah, capturing the moments. Mem the moments. I love, I love capturing about. the moments, like, you know, taking photos of videos. For example, that one, you could see Jake and I, our gifts, was obviously acting. I mean, <laughs> we, we were the best at it, as you can see. But... Um, no, but I think it's just so important to capture those, those funny or good moments or those gifts that you see because looking back at it now, you can just see just the old memories you've created and it just reflects back of what kind of family you are. And again, you know, it goes to the values. but also feeds because it draws your family together. Right. I found that, you know, when, when we're looking at 
things we've done that can draw us closer and reflect on how far we've gone in life and, you know, we can be proud of it. Yeah. I've just loved that. Yeah. Yeah, love that concept of togetherness. Yeah. Something else that stands out for me is that actually the concept of thereness, which means to be present at a time without any distractions. And this was really visible when, when we were younger and we would come home from school and it was usually mum who was actually there waiting for us, um, ready to ask us how our day was, to ask us, is there anything I can do for you? Um, and to, to basically encourage us after, after the day. And, and that, that really helped us uh, appreciate um, just the small, the small things and the, the fact that she was home when we came home. It reminds me of 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 when it says, build one another up and encourage one another. And it's a simple um, command, but yet it requires some action. And I love that that mum uh, did that for us back, uh, back then. It was great. Thank you, Jake. Um, <laughs> one thing I've had to do to feed this family is you may have noticed I'm the only woman in this family, apart from our oh, cats, yeah, cat, but she cat. does not... <laughs> She does not qualify. We were going to put her here, but there was some... Peter said absolutely not. Um, so so I've had to, to realise that in order to feed this family with what it needs, I, I have to get what I need that I can't get from these three. As much as I love them, I need girlfriends. I need my God space a lot because, I, they're, they're, because they don't always get me. They might not always understand me. I might not always understand them. They can do some things together as a threesome that I'm not involved with. If we go on holidays and I want to go shopping, see ya, mum. <laughs> so there are things that I've, I've had to do and, uh, and to realize that, you know, um, I, uh, uh, I, need, I, need, I need space. And so we're not islands. We need to, to connect together. We need, we need support outside of the church. Yeah. We need to do life with other families and to not expect that this unit is going to fulfill all my needs, because yeah. it's not. As much as I love them, I need other people too. We're yeah. not insular. Yeah, I love all these points of feeding family. Yeah. And uh, I think we can also, the four of us can also agree that the one thing, the clear direction we're going for is that we're building the church together. That, you know, you two are pastoring, Jake and I are on different teams. We might be separate in the church, but the church is not building, it's, the, it's people, it's the family. So you might be in different teams, but we're still building this together. And, um, for example, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were in Sweden, Jake was on Almere, and you were um, somewhere else abroad in the Netherlands. You know, no one was in Amsterdam. But we're still building the church together. Right. And I think it's important that we, we uh, do that together. That's and to great. conclude, I'd like to ask you two a question, Mum and Dad. Ooh. To conclude. Um, so take over. You can, um, you, can, you can also, like, go back to the points we were talking about with feeding and the values and, um, and the juggling. So, um, if, you were, if you would go back and parent us again, you know, in the early days when we were little, would you do anything different? And if so, what? I think I'm, I'm, are you no going first or am I going first? Well, I don't think you've got anything to change. Yeah. You're the perfect mum. That's right. <laughs> I think the, uh, well, probably, um, maybe this is a typical man thing, but probably the thing I have had to try and work through most has been... Uh, has been the, the uh, work-family balance. So, uh, and in, in our work, trying to, do, trying to know where to draw the lines between work and home can be complicated. Uh, I'm a lot better at it now, so I wish I'd learned that earlier when they were younger. Uh, 
so that they would have had more of my attention. And uh, the other thing I would have loved to have done when you were younger was thank you for what you said about my faith, but I would have spoken bigger. I would have dreamt bigger with them and uh, been even more faith-filled and taken us further earlier. Yeah. And, um, yeah, these are moments of honesty. Um, I was a very present mum with the kids. I chose not to work. I was around them a lot because that was a decision I, I made. And I wouldn't change that. But because I was around them a lot, it meant I didn't, I, 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 I didn't always emotionally cope very well. And I didn't have healthy coping mechanisms when things got pressurized or when they screamed and shouted, slapped each other, didn't sleep. And I found parenting for me was literally having a mirror in front of me. And it, 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 um, it showed me more about me than it did about them. So unfair. <laughs> and I, I would go back and work with God and talk more about how to create healthy um, coping mechanisms because sometimes I got too emotional, I got angry, I lost it, and I, I didn't like myself for it. So I've had to have a, a bit of a journey, and I still work on this, where I have to go to God and find forgiveness and healing in those moments. So that would be something I would work on because we all face it. Um, and the other thing I would work on is, is to just savor and stop and look at the moments because I do it more now than ever, and I did it then, but I do it more. I just stop and go, this moment is to treasure. I need to remember this, I need to be in the moment, not trying to be doing something else while I'm in the moment. Like, this is what matters, nothing else. I shouldn't be thinking anything else but this moment. And I wished I'd done more of that, because I was always a woman who wanted to be further on. I wanted to, I was here, but I wanted to be here. I would choose not to do that. I'd be just present. I think that's a powerful lesson I've been learning. Very honest. Okay, let's conclude. Let's sum this up to um, close it. We've talked about juggling. Uh, we've talked about values and we've talked about feeding the family. Juggling in one word would be about flexibility. Uh, I'd encourage us all to be as flexible as you can and the juggling will be easier. Values, uh, I'm not here to tell you what your values should be but I am here to prompt you to determine what your non-negotiables are. What are they for you? Don't let life shape your family. Let your family shape life. And finally, we talked about feeding. It's good to know that you can sow into your family unit things that will cause it to grow healthily. You can determine that by feeding it uh, with things you know will work. We've given a few things we do, but there are a heap of things that uh, you know you can do. Uh, to, su to sum it all up, the greatest thing you can do to have a healthy family life is to be going somewhere together. Ben talked about that. For us, we are determined that we will build the house together. So we do not, our family life does not spin around our children. Uh, if you have a child-centric family, it will be unhealthy. Uh, for starters, you lead them into a small world because you as the parent are allowing your world to spin around a child's life, which is a very small world. We've always made sure that their life spins around us. That means they're brought into our world, an adult world. That means they've had adventures they would never have had. They've had insights they never would have got. We've included them in the journey. But not even that. 
is uh, sufficient. It would be also selfish to say the kids need to spin around us. That's not really the full truth. The truth is we've built family as a unit and our life spins around the us. Uh, it's not around any one of I. That meant we've had to constantly and still do have to keep learning that lesson of self-denial. That is, it's not about me. Uh, it's about the us. It's, it's not about me. It's, it's not even about you. It's about the us. And where is us going? Us is going to uh, glorify Jesus at the center of who we are. And so whether you're uh, a family person here today or whether you live alone or whatever situation you're in, in order for Jesus to be at the center of us, he has to be at the center of you first. So our family unit works better. It's easier to have Jesus at the center if I'm responsible for making him center of my life. And Jake's responsible for making him center of his life and, and so on. Uh, and now that is an idealism that doesn't happen in every family, I realize. But it is at least my responsibility to make sure he's at the center of my world because then it's more likely he's going to get center attention for the family. And it's more likely our family is going to be healthy. And so as we draw this to a close, my question to us is to, to make it really reflective and personal is, is to ask whether your life currently is spinning around him. Or are you living alone and are you seeking a partner? Is your search for a partner the central ambition of your life? Or are you married and wanting kids and is your search for having kids become the centerpiece of your life? Or maybe you're a family unit with children and something else has become centerpiece to your life. And in all those three scenarios, it's not Jesus. If it's not Jesus, something else is taking a more important place than God in your world. And you know from your own experience Thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past, and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.com.
www.dotnl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.